TED Audio Collective. Just the other day, as I was staring at my closet, the first thing that came to my mind was, I have nothing to wear, which is ridiculous because my closet is overflowing with clothes. And the reality is, in my head, I didn't have the right thing to wear for a particular occasion. You know you've had that feeling. You're getting ready to go on vacation somewhere warm. You have to go to a cousin's wedding or to a work gathering where the dress code is described as festive attire. What the heck does that even mean? In these instances, my first urge is to buy something new. But then reality strikes or God intervenes to remind me I have zero time for those shenanigans and don't need to spend my precious money on more festive clothes that also happen to be taking a toll on the environment. So when this urge arises, I have trained myself to slow down, look at my closet, and get creative. And sometimes this process has produced my best outfits. I'm Madhupa Akinola. This is TED Business. Our speaker today is fashion designer Amy Powney. In this talk, Amy argues that we have lost our connection to our clothes, and she's asking consumers to find a new relationship with their existing wardrobe. If we have a movement like Farm to Table, she wonders, why don't we also have a movement like Field to Fashion? Then after the talk, I'll discuss a whole category of clothes I could do without. But first, a quick break. This show is brought to you by Schwab. You're here because you like to keep a pulse on trends in technology. Well, now you can invest in what's trending in artificial intelligence, big data, robotic revolution, and more with Schwab Investing Themes. It's an easy way to invest in ideas you believe in. Schwab's research process uncovers emerging trends. Then their technology curates relevant stocks into themes. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy all the stocks in a theme as is or customize to better fit your investing goals. All in a few clicks. Schwab Investing Themes is not intended to be investment advice or a recommendation of any stock or investment strategy. Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. Hey, TED Business listeners. We're supported by our friends at Working Smarter, a new podcast from Dropbox exploring the exciting potential of AI in the workplace. Working Smarter talks with founders, researchers, and engineers about the things they're building and the problems they're solving with the help of the latest AI tools. Tools that can save them time, improve collaboration, and create more space for the work that matters most. On Working Smarter, hear practical discussions about what AI can do so that you can work smarter too. Listen to Working Smarter on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or visit workingsmarter.ai. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Are you driving your car or doing laundry right now? Podcasts go best when they're bundled with another activity. Like Progressive home and auto policies, they're best when they're bundled too. Having these two policies together makes insurance easier and could help you save. 
Customers who save by switching their home and car insurance to Progressive save nearly $800 on average. Quote a home and car bundle today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Add a little curiosity into your routine with TED Talks Daily, the podcast that brings you a new TED Talk every weekday. In less than 15 minutes a day, you'll go beyond the headlines and learn about the big ideas shaping your future. Coming up, how AI will change the way we communicate, how to be a better leader, and more. Listen to TED Talks Daily wherever you get your podcasts. I was determined to be a designer, a fashion designer. My career was built off my childhood happy place of crafting with my mother. And I dreamt of unleashing my creativity in an industry that was born on style and trends and luxury. It was a contradiction to my own childhood of hand-me-downs and no logos, often teased by my peers. I grew up in the north of England off-grid. My parents worked as local food farmers, and I had a real innate understanding of where things came from. We were the bottom of the food chain. We all worked as farmers. And I watched our small wind turbine turn natural resources into energy firsthand. It did also mean if it wasn't windy, I couldn't watch TV. Getting into my dream industry. I'm a very inquisitive person, so I decided to pick away at the seams. And so six years ago, as a creative director of Mother of Pearl, I embarked on a mission to make a fully sustainable collection for my brand. I didn't really know what that meant, so I journeyed from field to finished product, emotionally engaging with the people and the planet, picking away the chains, linking them back together. We all get the notion of farm to table, right? We understand where our fresh produce comes from. It's written on the packet and also from point of harvest to the final product. It kind of looks the same. But what about field to fashion? Fashion is also born of natural resources. Your clothes come from either a worm, an animal, agriculture, forestry, or fossil fuels. Without worms, there is no silk, no sheep, there's no wool. Without agriculture, there's no cotton, no trees, no viscose, and polyester, which is the most widely used fabric of all, because it's cheap, comes from fossil fuels. It's, used, it's made of crude oil, which is the same oil that you put into your car, the same fuel you put into your car. When we talk about climate change, we talk about the big stuff. We talk about aviation, travel, shipping, logistics, agriculture, industrialization, plastic pollution, fossil fuels. But this is where your clothes come from, and they are playing their part. Take a polyester dress, for instance. It is both fossil fuel and plastic pollution combined. When it's made, it contributes to climate change and its industrial processing. When it's washed, it releases microplastics into the ocean, into the food chain, into us. When you throw it away, it ends up in landfill. And in landfill, it takes hundreds of years to degrade. It's no different than your plastic packaging. But it does give trashy dressing a whole new meaning. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Okay, so how did we get here? We buy three times as many clothes as we did in 1980 and wear them for half as long. Your grandmother would have mended her clothes, but now three out of five end up in landfill within the first year of purchase. It's changed within one generation, and it's set to increase by 62% by 2030. 
So mass industrialization and the linear production model of global capitalism gave birth to the notion that we could and should have it all faster and cheaper, which means we've lost connection to our clothes. We do not know or seem to care where they come from. And when I say we, I mean all of us that wear clothes, but also the brands that make them. When you look in your label of your clothing, it will tell you where it was manufactured, but it doesn't tell you where it was spun, woven, dyed, finished. It also doesn't tell you about the 3.4 billion people that work in the industry. 70% of which are female, often invisible, and for the most part, not paid a living wage. In fashion, we love to talk about equality, feminism, diversity, empowerment. We celebrate the celebrities and the influencers that wear our designs, and yet we don't talk about the women that make them. We treat them just like that polyester dress, disposable and cheap. And in that search for that cheap supply chain and cheap materials, Your garments here, one of your garments today that you're wearing could have traveled through five different countries and up to 20 different processes along the way. Chances are your outfit is better traveled than you are and your wardrobes most definitely are. So we have to choose ethics too. But how do we do this? Fashion is born on buying more, shopping more, consuming more. When I was at design school, they just taught me to design something beautiful and how it was made was almost an afterthought. But now, with everything that I've learned, I've flipped that entire process on its head. So I start with sustainable, traceable supply chains, and I design from there up. Some designers would suggest that was hindering creativity. But to quote the economist Kate Walworth, boundaries unleash potential. Look at what Mozart did with a five-octave piano. And I would agree. So with everything I learned, this is what I did for our brand. I set my non-negotiables. This is the best possible practices of the supply chain. For instance, we use natural organic farming practices for our natural fibers and replacement of synthetics or virgin synthetics like polyester. There's many more, but they're just some of the um, solutions. This was also designed for two reasons. It was designed as a kind of benchmark for my team. So we had kind of goals to work to, but it was also to help educate the consumer. Most online stores, when you shop, you can filter them by size, color, fit, But for us, we also let you filter it by attribute and material, trying to put ethics and aesthetics in that same conversation. But only once I'd implemented this, and it took a long time to do it, and we were very proud. But what I also realized is that we just made a better version of an existing system which was broken. It's the best of, but it's still take, make, use, and lose. And so now I realize we have to add another link to that supply chain and join it all together and create a circular system. And by that, I mean so many things. But for an example, if we're going to cut a tree down and we replace it, could the replacement add more value back to the forest? What about if regenerative and organic farming practices could become the new normal and each picker's lives nourished along with the soil itself? And then new links could be added for every aspect of the business. What if we looked at profit and loss, for instance? What if we turned that into pay it forward? What if we reimagine the concept of success? They say we eat a credit card's worth of plastic every week with the microplastics. And when all is said and done, we won't be able to eat money. For me, the answer is very simple. The very notion of questioning everything is key and being responsible for my actions as a business leader and an individual is key. And for those that are willing to not think and rethink, we have to pass legislation. On this journey... I didn't think it was very revolutionary trying to meet my sheep that made my clothes. <laughs> But it turns out it was. 
Before I knew it, I was on the news, the subject of a documentary, writing columns for British Vogue. And that gives me a lot of hope. But fashion is still everything you think it's. Trends, fast pace, logos, brands. But to fashion something is to make something. And that was where my passion came from. And what I've learned in this journey is if I'm going to continue to design and fashion clothing, I must also fashion our future. The two things come hand in hand. Yes, there are technical solutions to this problem, to these problems, and I can talk endlessly about them, from biomimicry-based dyes and finishes to regenerative and recycled textiles. And it's important, technology is important. But the other thing I've learned in this journey is that it's only when we reconnect back to the living world and look at it in awe and wonder and the respect that it deserves will true systemic change happen. And when I talk about the living world, I talk about the people and the planet. Box ticking is greenwashing, and greenwashing is dangerous. It's just the medicine to a symptom and not the solution to a problem. And fashion absolutely should not cost the earth. Nature designs or fashions the most incredible designs there are. We just simply forgot to look. So my ask, next time you open your wardrobes, instead of seeing clothes, brands, logos, and perhaps your favorite dress, delve a little bit deeper, go to Narnia, and instead, see the vast and unique ecosystem that makes each piece individual and its inherent connection to our planet on which all of our lives depend. Thank you. Support for TED Business comes from Odoo. If you feel like you're wasting time and money with your current business software or just want to know what you could be missing, then you need to join the millions of other users who switched to Odoo. Odoo is the affordable all-in-one management software with a library of fully integrated business applications that help you get more done in less time for a fraction of the price. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash tedbusiness. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash tedbusiness. Odoo, modern management made simple. This show is brought to you by Schwab. With Schwab Investing Themes, it's easy to invest in ideas you believe in, like artificial intelligence, big data, robotic revolution, and more. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy as is or customize the stocks in a theme to fit your goals. Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. Amy's idea of cherishing each item is very powerful to me. So often, we talk about creating value on this podcast. But what would it look like to truly value what we already have? I mean, the things you own should feel special. If they don't, what's the point? Let me tell you, there's a graveyard in my closet for clothes and items I rarely find myself reaching for. You might be in the same boat. I'm thinking about the old sweaters you outgrew years ago that still take up space in your drawers. Or, and this particular category really annoys me. The corporate and conference swag that somehow you end up with, even though you know you don't need an extra t-shirt, plastic pens, notebooks, notepads, water bottles, all those vests. 
No one needs more than one vest. So often, when I get handed one of these items, I think, who is this for? Who decided we needed to keep mask producing these branded items? There are so many of us who are in a state of perpetual concern over our current environmental crisis. There are so many of us who are trying to cut down on waste too and embrace more ethical, slow fashion production. If I got a note that said, no t-shirts, water bottles, or pens this year in an effort to try and cut down on waste, would I be upset? I don't think so. I'd think, finally, here's a company that understands value. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Pushkin Industries and fact-checked by Hana Matsudaira. Special thanks to Alejandra Salazar, Michelle Quint, Corey Hagen, Daniela Balarezo, Farah DeGrunge, and Maria Lajas. I'm Madhupa Akinola. Talk to you again next week.